Welcome, everybody. I am Jesse Mogul, and thank you for joining us on the American Contingency Podcast. We are a nationwide community of steadfast Americans ready for any challenge that comes our way. We inform, equip, and train so you can prepare, respond, and recover from any man-made or natural disaster or situation. As always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here on the microphone with me. This is one I've really been looking forward to because I actually work with her regularly. We meet and discuss how we can reach out to the public in a way that really allows them to understand a little bit more about American contingency so they can be involved as much as we love being involved with American contingency. And without getting into too long of an introduction, I absolutely want to introduce you to Lori Marino. She is our national marketing manager for American Contingency. She runs her own marketing company called Kairos, as well as she has worked 25 years in the marketing world for Fortune 100 companies, all the way from defense to the tech sectors. It's an honor and privilege to have somebody I work very well with. Welcome to the show, Lori. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you, Jesse. You know, it's great to get you on the microphone because you and I have been working so closely together over the last few months as we've really begun to build American contingency out. A lot of amazing things have happened on the back end as far as where we've been able to get a lot more national exposure that was actually for all the awesome reasons that we know it for. And I, for the clarity's sake, for all of the listeners out there, what exactly do you do as the national marketing manager for Amcon? Well, as the national marketing manager for Amcon, I manage the external websites. So that's AmericanContingency.com and MyReadyPlan.com, along with you and your help. And uh, I also manage all the social channels. It's really been amazing, the social channel aspect. I know when Mike Glover was on uh, one of the recent talk shows that he has had a chance to go on, and I think it was the Joe Rogan show, the next day we were back up on Facebook and it was pretty pretty ecstatic for us because uh, some issues had transpired over the course of a few years that had led us away from that platform. And so it's been pretty amazing for us, hasn't it, to now finally be able to get that reach back out to the a broader you know, general American populace, if you will. Yeah, I was very happy to be uh, uncanceled, so to speak, yeah. <laughs> or for American contingency to be uncanceled, because um, in the three years that I've been with uh, AMCON, um, I've run into cancellation myself. Um, so we have we use Zello as one of our communications channels, and every single channel that was that was named uh, AMCON was deleted, and then also um, I ran them. American Contingency Ham Radio Network on locals, and our payment processor canceled us there as well. So um, I guess it comes with uh, being associated with Mike. Yeah, well, you know, the, that's the thing, too. For those of us who are, are, have our finger on the pulse of American contingency, we know what Mike Glover stands for. We know he's a former Green Beret. We know he's guarded the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, countless missions over there into the Afghanistan, Iraq, Middle Eastern area. We know the good work that he does. Unfortunately, the name American contingency had been, you know, for what is the better way of saying this? It was, you know, it was misrepresented by people in the government as one thing when we know it as something completely different. You felt an inspiration many years ago to get on board with American Contingency. What was it that inspired you to work for an organization that cares so deeply about making sure that everyday Americans are prepared to respond and recover? Well, what attracted me to AMCON was during the summer of 2020, 
uh, and I call it the summer of riots. Um, there were riots going on in many cities, including uh, Seattle, which Mike talks a lot about. But um, for me, it was Portland. Uh, I had somebody who was close to me that was very much affected by what was going on in downtown Portland during those riots. And um, it, it, it affected me a lot. And I became very concerned and uh, started to think, what, you know, what would it happen if what would happen if this happened in my city? Because I lived in in Arizona. I was right outside a very large city there. And I was imagining that the same thing happening there. I mean, at that time, we didn't really know, you know, where it was going to go. And so I was thinking, you know, it really would help to have other people that you can trust, that you can rely on if something like that were to go down. And then I saw Mike's get off the bench video and that really stirred me to do more. Um, so I created the, when we were on Locals, I created the Amcon Ham Radio Network and Tom came, uh, Tom Rigsby came right alongside me and we started that up and it turned out to be a really good thing because um, in, an, in a situation where you felt helpless watching all these riots and whatnot, we were able to actually do something concrete by bringing people together and teaching them how to increase their communication skills by using ham radio and other forms of communication. And that was very gratifying to know that no matter how, how bad things got, we'd still be able to reach out to others who, you know, who we can relate to and who might be able to help us. I love that you bring up the um, the American Ham Radio Network because I remember busting Tom's chops about him nerding out on the ham radio because I remember ham radios from when I was a kid and there being one in my best friend's basement um, out there on the farmland in Columbus where we grew up. So I remembered that and then he's all into it now. And I'm like, having actually seen how that community can reach out to people who are way off the grid or right there in the inner cities and actually be able to, you know, support them and offer them um, ideas or some skills, tips. There's a lot of benefit to that. And I can't help but think about how American contingency offers and provides so many supports and, and resources to people in need. Can you share an example of a time when you were able to witness with your own eyes Amcon stepping in there, much like the hammer radio was able to step in pre previously and offer people resources whenever they needed them most? Well, I can speak to my personal experience when I first joined Amcon and I was a brand new ham radio operator. Um, in Arizona, there was a local member who was you know, much more, what, much further along the road with me than I was with ham radio. And so I needed help getting an antenna up. You know, I had my license, I had my my transceiver, but the antennas are, you know, was a whole nother realm that I knew nothing about. So he came over to my house and we were up, he went up on my roof and we were up there and he showed me how to how to put up the antenna and how to secure it and how to use it. And it was great. I mean, this this somebody I didn't even really know, except that he was an AMCON member and he was kind enough to come and do that. So he did that. And then another instance I can think of is um, in Arizona when my dog was gored by a javelina, which are really nasty like animals. They look kind of like wild pigs, but they have these huge uh, teeth. And um, my dog is 95 pound Rhodesia Ridgeback. And he got gored um, by this javelina right in the chest with a, he had a puncture wound that was like 
almost inch and a half, two inches deep, something like that. And we just didn't know what to do. So we had another AMCON member in our local group who is someone who raised raised dogs. She was a breeder. And um, she she walked me through step by step what to do, what to get. And she called me probably or texted me, you know, once or twice a day for days. I mean, it was like it was like a person that was injured. She was right there beside me. And we, she saved us like multi-thousand dollar vet bill and uh, the dog amazingly survived with no infection. So um, so those are the sort of, sorts of things that AMCON members do for other members. And there, and there are others. There are other situations that happened to other people in our group where people came and stepped up. But those are two that affected me personally. I mean, there's very, I mean, talk about spectrums there. We have one person helping you with an antenna, another one with your gourd dog. And I thought I knew animals. I've never even heard of a javelina. How did this experience demonstrate to you personally that an organization such as American Contingency and how it can help communities prepare and respond for these emergency situations? Well, it helps, it helps prepare us for whatever may come. And if we're living in a large population center, um, you have to worry about what things would get like if things got bad. So in a situation like that, the more people are prepared, the better off I'm going to be, the better off my family's going to be if the people around me are prepared. Also, the importance of uh, local teams and meeting together face-to-face um, and then people stepping up to lead local teams is really important because you may think that you're not a leader or you may not have anything to offer, but you know, willingness is probably 90% of the battle, just having the willingness to do it. And then just getting people together in, you know, in a park or in one room and starting to have the conversation about some of these things and it, and that ends up taking on a life of its own. That's really all that's that needs to happen. In in uh, Arizona, we did we met every week and um, every other week the meetings were open to the public, and so we would call those recruiting events. So anyone who was curious or wanted to know more about how to prepare could come and attend these meetings, and then we would tell them about AMCON, and if they were interested, they would join. And so it was a really a great way to you know to increase AMCON membership number one and number two to increase the level of preparedness of the people in the community, which only benefit us in the long run. Yes, we talk a lot about community awareness, uh, community leadership, how anybody can step up to be a leader uh, if it's with that willingness. And because I've been friends with Tom for so long, I know some really amazing success stories. And I really wanted to have an opportunity right now to discuss some of the ones around weather, because we've got people all around the country. So when things are happening on a local level with weather, we're actually able to provide like this entire net where we can be watching it from multiple areas within an environment and being able to give this information to our members via our membership website that allows them to know about things that locals, you know, the local weather person just standing there in that, you know, in front of the green screen isn't even aware of. What is one of those success stories that comes to your mind? Because I know you've been involved in the communication aspect before the marketing aspect. So you know a lot about how our communication helped people when the weather was going sideways and they really needed information very quickly. Yes, that's that's true. Um, I was with the AMCON Ham Radio Network and the communications lead for 
you know, up until just a few months ago. So this marketing role is very new for me. Um, but but when I was in the communications role, we uh, we ran hurricane watch nets for three different hurricanes, Ida, Henry, and Ian. Uh, we had teams of volunteers providing overwatch on all of our channels. So, uh, they were providing weather reports. They were providing intel on local travel and then availability on shelters and, and other resources that were available. Now, our channels were, like I mentioned Zello earlier. So we have Zello. We had we had the website, you know, that we have... Um, that we can put up posts there and also message people. And then we have uh, various chats, you know, texts and signal chats and whatnot. And uh, we use every channel that's available to us to, to reach out and help members in the affected areas. And they were and members that um, were affected by these reported back that they really enjoyed having that sort of support, especially when they're in the midst of the hurricane and uh, the power may be out and they're running on battery power in their phone and they're on Zello and they hear a comforting, familiar voice providing updates to them, updates that were even better that they were getting, you know, on the local news station. One of the reasons why we're getting ready to start, uh, I know we're getting ready to put together disaster response teams in our six regions. We've broken up the United States into six major regions. One of the major uh benefits of knowing that this was going to be something that the members wanted was because of the communication we had with them during these storms and knowing that um, the communication they received from other members was comforting them and giving them information that otherwise would not have been privy to them. Yeah, so the feedback we received was that um, was such that we wanted to do more than what we what we did. So we had teams going in um, after the storms and providing uh, relief in the aftermath, you know, bringing supplies and whatnot. And then it, the disaster relief teams give members a chance to really make a positive impact instead of just standing by helplessly as, you know, our fellow members may be affected by storms. We can then turn that energy into something positive by providing, you know, these sort of support services uh, during and after the, the uh, storms. In my experience, it's pretty easy to get people on board with the idea of preparedness after a storm has demolished their home or left them without electricity for a period of time. We're really into that proactiveness here at American Contingency. So how do you approach introducing the topic of preparedness to your friends, your neighbors um, who may not be familiar with the concept? And what are some strategies that you've helped you know, engage them with in order to have these important conversations? I approach the topic of preparedness with friends or neighbors by bringing up a topic in the news as a conversation starter. Um, Lord knows there's enough to choose from these days. Uh, one example that hit me kind of close to home was the, um, the train derailment in East Palestine. This is an example of a disaster that it was 90 miles away, so it wasn't super close, but it was close enough that I became concerned. I was watching the wind patterns to see, you know, if if these clouds were going to be floating my way. We actually, I woke up one day and went on next door and people were reporting white dust um, falling on their vehicles and their homes and such, and nobody knew what it was. And, and so that was a little disconcerting. Now, they say that they sent it to a state lab and it was pollen, but 
I've never seen, you know, pollen that's white. Usually it's yellow. So uh, we don't really know what it was, but um, it made me, it made me concerned and, and want to pay attention more about, you know, trying to see what I would do if that happened to me. And so it's a good way to bring up a conversation with somebody else. Gee, if a train derailed, you know, a few blocks away and you couldn't breathe the air or drink the water, you know, what would you do? Or do you have water stored in your basement? How would you handle it? You say 90 miles, not that far away. A, a horse walking a steady pace for a day can cover 25 to 30 miles. So am I, you know, going back to my old pioneer brain, if a horse can cover an area in three days, I think it's pretty close. Uh, the fact that, that those dust clouds were everywhere. So I could see why it was important for you to be paying attention to that and know that you had other people within your network who are also paying attention to that. Because we noticed there wasn't a whole lot of news on mainstream media uh, at the ground level showing what was really going on. In fact, it was the cell phone reporters, like I like to call them, the social media reporters who were really giving people the the true boots on the ground information that we all as a country wanted to know because it seemed like it wasn't just East Palestine. There was a couple of train derailments around the same time and anyone paying attention like we are, there's a, this, right? I mean, if I'm on camera with Lori right now. Y'all can't see it, but I'm sort of this little thing where I'm like squinting and I'm waving my hand because like, come on guys, didn't we think there was something going on with all that? So it's good that we've got people out there paying attention. And when you think about what that's doing to somebody emotionally or psychologically, you know, we're looking for resilience in the face of potential disasters and emergencies. Um, how do you see AMCON's work affecting how people emotionally and psychologically can become even more resilient, right? I don't want to assume that people aren't, but there's always a little bit more that we have in the tank. American contingency helps members build psychological resilience by letting them know that they aren't alone. And that's probably the number one reason why I'm in AMCON and, and why other people are, because we know we can't go it alone. Now, a lot of people say, oh, I just need my, my neighbors and, and the people around me, my family and my neighbors. Well, that may be true. But if things were to get really bad and it, it appears like they're not getting much better, how would we how would we then be able to deal with the uh, disruptions in the supply chain and disruptions in communication like how would i how would i feel if i wasn't able to to talk with my son in arizona because you know comms are down well if i have a nationwide network of people that i know that are patriots and and think the way i do and I already know that there are 2,000, at least 2,000 hams within the network right now that I could get on the air and I could reach them and I could somehow get word to him or he could get word to me. Um, also, connecting on the members platform is a great way to find out who's in your local area. And then uh, the most important thing really is building those relationships face to face. Is which you know, which is one reason why Amcon supports uh, regional get-togethers and and um, meetings and things like that, so that we can meet each other face to face after we've met already online and begin to build uh, personal relationships that way as well. I know you have spent a lot of time involving your family, your friends, your neighbors, your community. You know even the new members who join within your own network uh, in their prepar in their preparedness efforts, say that 10 times fast. Uh, we want to 
create communities. We want people to feel like they can go have these conversations. What are some tips you have for involving your loved ones and your neighbors and your community in the preparedness efforts? Uh, Because it's a shared goal. We all have it. Some people care more about it than others, but it's a goal. And we don't want to wait till the storms happen. We want to be preparing for it. So we're over here sitting in our lounge chair, you know, with our generator, keeping our soda pop cold during the storm. What is it that you can bring to the audience to let them know how much fun this actually can be? Well, my best tip for involving family and friends in preparedness is to make it fun. You can involve young children in planting a garden or teach them as you go along and doing it. There's a lot more homeschooling going on now. I know I'm in a community right now where there's a huge percentage of families that are homeschooling. And I think that after coming out of the past few years, a lot of parents are realizing uh, that the schools are not the best place for their kids. So that leaves us with having children, young children, teenagers, or what have you, that have a lot of time that needs to get filled and a lot of learning that they need. So that you could plant a garden with them. You can go, you can take the kids camping and give them walkie talkies and as an introduction to radio. You can teach them how to gather firewood and build a fire, how to fish, how to navigate in the woods. And you get together and learn to practice off-grid communications. You know, the adults can have fun too. The kids can you know, be doing things together, canning, shooting, hunting. The list, the list is as long as there are preparedness topics, but doing them together with other families is really what makes it fun and builds relationships at the same time. It's building those relationships that really it's, you know, I say on uh, my other podcast I do on sobriety and recovery, the opposite of addiction is connection. Oftentimes the opposite of depression and, and isolation is, is connection. And we're looking to build up communities with emotional and psychological resilience. And you, you touched upon it. We're coming out of a lot of uh, quote unquote chaos, if you will. There was a lot of uncertainty at the beginning of the 2020 decade with the COVID, uh, financial pressures, political pressures, societal pressures going on uh, with all these ups and downs. Can you speak to some of the challenges and potential barriers individuals and communities may face seeking this emotional and psychological resilience in the face of emergencies, disasters, or just the unforeseen, like a pandemic rolling in or another hurricane? I mean, there's so many, like you said, there's the preparedness topics are long because the ways that our lives can be created to an uncertain level are so long. Some of the barriers to building emotional resilience in the face of disaster include the stigma associated with mental health, along with the idea that if we have in our head that we're supposed to be self-sufficient and resilient, we shouldn't ask for help even or even admit that we may need it. That's the unfortunate part, isn't it, that we... We're sort of trained, don't ask for help. That's a sign of weakness, when in reality, I think it's a sign of strength. I think going over and knocking on somebody's door and saying, hey, I could really use some help with this thing right now, whether it's putting up a ham radio or calling somebody and saying, my dog's been gored by a javelina. Like there are times in our lives where doing things solo just doesn't work. That, that's true. And we need to get over that. Um, and I don't know about the stigma over mental health if 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 that's ever going to get solved, but we can do things on our own. We can keep our eyes open and recognize and be aware of people that may need help and reach out to them. 
what does American contingency do to work? You know, what are we working on to address these challenges? So we're promoting mental health and well-being within our own organization, right? Be this, be the change you want to see in the world. So what is our overall approach to mental health and well-being around disaster preparedness and our response to it? Promoting mental health and emotional well-being are important topics that need more focus. They need more focus than, than we're giving them. But we are doing some things. We provide opportunities to connect with others who may be going through some of the very same challenges. And uh, we also provide resources to support mental health. Uh, we Our members check in on each other. We, we have um, a good amount of members that are retired military. And so they keep tabs on each other. Mental resilience training group we have on the members website, which is run by a mental health expert that people can go in and ask questions and, and um, get some training there. And then AMCON has a chaplain. We have our own chaplain. So this crosses a little bit into spiritual health, but in, in my mind, it's, you know, they're connected mental health and spiritual health. Um, people need to realize they don't need to be ordained to help others spiritually or emotionally, just sharing ways in which you have overcome adversity can provide hope to others. And that's what we look for, right? We look to provide hope before something happens. And we definitely want to be there to provide even more hope after the fact. And I like to call myself the neophyte to preparedness because I think out of everybody who works closely, who's on like the admin team for American Contingency, I'm the least uh, experienced in the preparedness world. Like I finally got some water and some food storage, um, much to the chagrin of the girlfriend who isn't really thrilled that we have a stockpile of bottled waters in the attic now and in the garage. Okay, maybe I've gotten a few places, but I think it's important. I can't be involved in this and not be walking the walk. And she might think that it's, it's you know, it is whatever it is to her, but it matters to me. When we have these new people who come and find us who are looking for uh, resources and tools to get themselves prepared because it can seem daunting the, the you could look at the price tag of all the things that you know you could be buying and think oh my goodness i don't got three g's to drop on all of this stuff but it really can start with some very small things so when you think of how we can help individuals and, and best share to them information with their friends and their neighbors to encourage this amazing culture of preparedness in their communities what is it that you can bring about that from your own experiences well, first of all, I'd recommend, I recommend joining American Contingency. So those who are interested in learning more about preparedness can join American Contingency by visiting AmericanContingency.com and clicking the Get Started Now button. You can tell I'm the marketing person, right? <laughs> when, you, <laughs> when you join the member site, feel free to look me up. My username there is Freebirdie. Another source that we have available can be found at MyReadyPlan.com. My Ready Plan is a tool that helps you define which aspects of preparedness you should focus on first by creating a customized plan that you can use to get started. You can share these resources in your social channels and send them to your friends and neighbors to help spread the word and help them get prepared. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at AMCON Network. And on Facebook, you just search American Contingency. And of course, there's this American Contingency Podcast, which is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and many other platforms. 
Yeah, it has been a blast getting us on all these other platforms. It's awesome to hear you say, go find us on Facebook uh, again, because I know for the longest time we weren't there. And if you guys want to know more about that, it's not too hard to Google about and figure out what happened there. I won't try to beat around the bush, but we were mislabeled as an organization that was seeking to do harm to the country rather than do what we actually do, which is help people get prepared to respond and recover and actually make sure that they have the information that they need to feel like they can be ready to support themselves. We are looking to create self-sustaining citizens who can go off and join another network of self-sustaining citizens. And then eventually we just grow it out, right? We don't want anyone sitting there being thirsty and hungry. I know somebody knocks on my door. I got all the provisions. I'm not going to be able to just be like, nobody's home, go away now. Like I'm going to want to help somebody, but that's going to eat up my rations. So why not just get everybody in my cul-de-sac to also be preparing their own rations? And then we can have a ration party because I'm not just going to hole up in my house when it's 97 degrees and humid outside. Side. Um, this show is available to everyone in the country. Uh, and I love asking this question. I've asked it to Noel and Tom so far, and I'll ask it to everybody else who comes on. You know, sort of my aftershock question. You have this megaphone that can reach every single ear, and not just in this country. We want self-resiliency. We want psychological resiliency. We want people to be self-sustaining all around the world. Yes, it's called American contingency, but we care about humans. We are a, we are a humanity organization. You have this opportunity right now to reach every single ear on the planet with a message. What is that message that you have for them right now? It is that uh, the world is not heading in a good place. The most important advice I can give people listening is to know where you stand spiritually and have other people here who care about the same things you do to build relationships with. If circumstances continue to take a turn for the worse, fellow Americans who love this country and are prepared will be our most important resource. They will be. They will be. And you've seen this in your own community and how being prepared allows people to respond and to recover. The work we do at American Contingency, I, I believe it, it is it is sourced in love and, and you know, um, open heartedness. Um, it's just been a joy to have you on the show, Lori. I, I talk to you every single week and I've been wanting you on the microphone for some time now. I'm looking forward to all of the content that we'll be putting out for American Contingency as a whole, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's through the podcast, whether it's on Twitter. Um, is there any other, anything, final words you would like to say to the listeners before we close up the show? Join us. <laughs> She's the marketing manager, everybody. <laughs> How did you expect to hear anything different? <laughs> Seriously, this isn't like some 35 minute long pitch. Like we, this is literally what we do for a living. Membership site, yes, it's loaded with awesome stuff, but we've also developed a whole forward-facing one that you can go on just as general public. We've got the My Ready plan. Go on, look at the information for yourself and tell me that we haven't brought it to you in a way that's succinct, that allows you to read it and be able to immediately know what it is you can be doing for yourself. Like we said before, we're moving people from uncertainty to some level of certainty in a chaotic world. So when you're ready to build the skills the network, and the confidence to be ready for whatever comes next. Join us at AmericanContingency.com. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.